Brother Andrew for that. Children, you are dismissed for Children's Church. If you've not already gone, they have. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Every time I hear that song, uh, I just, I, I, have, I have nothing fit for a king. You know, you think to yourself, you ever, you ever have to get a gift for somebody that has everything? You think, what in the world am I, what, what, what am I going to get them? Um, well, we don't have anything that we can give to God except for our praise and our hallelujah and uh, how important it is. I, I, I often think about this, how important it is when we stand before God one day that we'll have crowns to be able to lay back at the feet of Jesus because that's all we'll have to give him in, in our praise and our hallelujah. And so thank you, Andrew. Great song and uh, appreciate that. And uh, it is our privilege uh, this morning uh, to have... Um, uh, it, it's kind of kind of funny to say this, uh, Ms. Christine, but a, a veteran missionary, and uh, just seems like yesterday uh, that um, uh, she was going to the Ivory Coast, but uh, 15 years uh, later, she's still there doing a great work, and uh, we certainly appreciate her and the opportunity that we have to be a part of her ministry, and uh, Ms. Christine's going to give us um, uh, an update on what's going on, show us some slides, and um, just kind of give us a day in the life uh, uh, of a missionary there in the Ivory Coast. Thanks. Well, good morning. It's great to be in your church. I've had this date on my calendar since last year. I've been praying toward it, looking forward to it, and now it's so good, so good to be back in your church. And um, I just want to thank you all for your hospitality. You gain to stay in your house here on the property. It's really nice just to get to walk to church. So thank you for making that available to me. And also for the welcome basket. Just got that. So many of my favorites in that last night. And just want to thank you all just for your kindness and reaching out to me. So I guess thinking back through the years serving the Lord in the mission field and just to have a church like you all that prays for me, supports me so faithfully. And I really don't have words to thank you all, but just know that I'm sincerely, deeply grateful. So I just thought I'd just share just a little bit about the ministry and share the video. And Pastor asked also if I could maybe take some questions, if y'all have questions afterwards. So um, just to share a little bit about myself, I was saved when I was 10 years old. The Lord started tugging my heart toward missions during my teen years. And, and then the Lord just laid on my heart to use nursing, the skill of nursing, to reach into villages with the gospel. So my, my, my love really is reaching people in villages, especially unreached people groups. And whenever we as missionaries originally went to the area where we are in southern Ivory Coast, we're working with a people group known as the Abrié, the Abrié tribal group. And if you Google them, if you look them up at all, what you'll find is they're known to be one of the most closed groups in Ivory Coast, just to outsiders. They're pretty wary of people coming to their villages. But that's where the Lord planted us as missionaries. I'm working with a church planning um, couple, missionaries Bob and Becky Mack, and there's 12 villages right where we're located. But we started to pray for these villages. This is like a lot of those prayer requests that you pray, and you don't know how God's going to answer. And so the Lord, the Lord led us to try through medicine. So we, we went back to these chiefs. Every village has a chief, like you think of in Africa. And we asked if we could come in and take care of the people. And from day one, the, the chiefs have always said yes. And so since they also knew that we were missionaries, they've also allowed us to share the gospel during those times. And it's been a blessing to see through the years how the Lord can take an unreached people group, soften their heart through medical care, and then bring them to salvation in, in Christ. And 
It's amazing if you look at the scriptures how many times Jesus met physical needs in order to meet a more pressing spiritual need. And God knew that was going to be the way into our villages. And a lot of times people ask, well, why does this work in Africa? Why does medical missions even work? And I guess what we've learned through the years is that, is that our people have a lot of traditional tribal beliefs. And those beliefs really conflict with the gospel. However, there is such a great need for medical care that, that they will let us come in. So that becomes a real inroad for us as missionaries. And so I guess I believe personally as a nurse practitioner that, that medical missions is one of the best ways to bring the gospel to unreached people groups, especially in difficult entry, entry countries in the third world. So if it's a hard-to-reach country in the third world, why not try medicine to see some of those doors open? But just to share a little bit about with y'all about just the day-to-day -day living in Africa, serving in Africa, Pastor asked if I could share that with you. And a lot of times on the medical side, people ask, well, how, how do you go to a new area? How does the Lord lead you to a new village, maybe an unreached village? And so our church, where we live in Bangerville, has, has been, was established in 2000. So it's 24 years old this year. And there's also an institute as a part of the ministry. And so Missionary Bob Mack is training nationals, national Men who feel called to be pastors. And so there's about 20, 25 men being trained all the time for the ministry there. And as they feel called to maybe an unreached area, an unreached village, then we pray about maybe partnering with them through medical missions. And so as the Lord opens that door, that then we go to we go to these villages and we ask if we can come with a medical team. And so really I'm the only full-time medical missionary we have. And so we have teams that come in from the U.S. So we coordinate teams of doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and the medical teams. And they will partner with us to, to do a medical day in a village. And so we, we, we will set a date for that. We go with our SUVs. We bring in large tents because we're only 300 miles from the equator. So it's, it's very hot there. We, we like to say that days are hot, hotter, or hotter than that. And sometimes we rate how hot the day is by how many showers we're taking. And so uh, we, we, we bring large tents and we set up tents in these villages and and the people come they come out of curiosity and so I guess what's neat is you're setting up your tents and you know that the whole village is going to come it's like you're, you're bringing the circus to the village and so they're going to come whether they're sick or not and you see them coming toward you and I, what I love is that medical missions is like a magnet it draws people and you know that they're all going to hear the gospel so that's a thrill and so we have open-air preaching in the waiting areas, men who are preaching all the time. And then they come through, and, and we treat them for diseases like malaria, typhoid fever, parasites, and different infections. So it's a machete cut, machete wounds, things like that. And then we have a second waiting area, and that's where the people are waiting for their medicines because they're not going to leave without their medicines. And that's where the one-on-one -on -one gospel presentation takes place. So that, that really is the focus. It's the goal of the whole medical day. And during that time, we... We, we, we fill out what we like to call spiritual questionnaires. So on every patient that comes through, every villager, we fill out this questionnaire and it has their name, uh, their age, their phone number, what religion they are, what day is good to visit them, and also if they've gotten saved that day. And my favorite part about these medical days is going back through those questionnaires, seeing who's gotten saved, um, because we always pray, Lord, bring villagers to us who have hearts of that good ground, they're looking for the truth, looking for the gospel, and God always answers that and people get saved. So 
Um, and, th- and then afterwards, if we're in, if we're in, this, in, in our villages, then, then my joy is to coordinate the village visitation ministry. So we take those questionnaires and we organize them into visits, uh, further evangelism, discipleship. Um, we have Bible clubs, kids' Bible clubs, and things like that. And so that's, that's really the, the, the day-to-day. I remember one time we had a lady coming through. She was a Muslim, and she got saved in the evangelism area, and then she didn't want to leave. She had never heard the plan of salvation. She never heard about a God who loves her. And so she wanted to hear over and over and over again. In another location, we had an older gentleman come through, and he'd never been to church. He'd never heard about God, and he trusted Christ as his Savior. And then he actually went to heaven the very next day. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, well, we just praise the Lord for that. Just to give you all an idea, just during this last two and a half years on the mission field, we saw 1,895 people trust the Lord as their Savior just off of those questionnaires. And, and you all, you've invested a great deal, and, and God has blessed that investment. You've had a part in every person who's been saved. And so that's during a, a medical day. Now, now that, of course, that's not my normal routine life. And so usually that, that we do those days all day. People say, how many, how many people do you treat? How many do you treat during a medical day? I think our highest number was about 800, 804 people in a day. Now, that's going pretty quickly with a very good team. <laughs> We've also seen like maybe 250. And so I'd say anywhere between that. Um, and, then, and then we come back. You can imagine you're exhausted, but it's a good exhaustion. All the people you've been able to touch with the gospel in that village, and they never forget that. You go back to those villages, they talk about how you cared for them and opened that door. And also, I guess what's kind of cool, too, is that since these villages, weren't, they weren't open originally, they're not open to other religious groups. And so they'll let us in because we can provide medical care, but they're not open to the Methodists and the Mormons and the other groups in the area. So it really gives us a monopoly in reaching, the, reaching these villages with the gospel. And, um, but, but, but also just, just, just if you were to visit me on the mission field, what is your normal life like? So after the team leaves and then, and then we get back into normal missionary life, which is a lot of times we go back into the villages. I go to the villages three to four days a week. And so I've got an SUV. And as our villages started to open up, we started to pray for our, the people going to our main church, the Bainesville Church. Lord, burden them to reach the villages, to reach their neighbors. And so the Lord has so answered that prayer. When I go, I fill my SUV. And these are great soul winners in our church. And so usually I, I drop off groups. So right now we're in, we're in three villages. We have permanent ministries in three villages. So I might drop off a group of nationals for a Bible club in this village, for, um, for ladies soul winning in this village, for new visits in this village. We also have teen ministries. And so pretty much I drop off. And then through the years, we've developed lessons. We have lessons. Once I always tell our people, we're just looking for people who are open. I mean, maybe they've just gotten saved off of this medical day, or maybe they're not quite ready, but they're open. We've got their contact. We're looking for people who are open. And once we see that they're open, then we start lessons. And we have 10 lessons that are creation to the cross. So they actually start in Genesis. Start with creation, all the way to the cross. And we do that with everyone who's open. If they've just trusted the Lord's or Savior, their first discipleship lessons, or maybe they're not quite, but a lot of times they'll get saved during those lessons. So we do those lessons. And, um, and then usually during the week, I'll have, a, I'll have a day of just organization, writing lessons, things like that. 
Um, also, we, we don't have a permanent clinic. I'm the only medical missionary right now, and so I do also usually have a day where I see people at my house. So they come to my home for medical care too. Most of them are church people, or people who've just gotten saved for follow-up care. And so usually we're in the villages, um, and, and then we, we do visits usually until noon. I used to think, honestly, I used to think going to going to Africa, we can, we can work there like you'd work in the U.S. We can work eight to five and be in the villages, but with, with the, the heat is very, very very intense and so pretty much usually we stop at noon it's just too too hot to keep walking around the villages so we come back by noon and sometimes in the afternoon I'll do medical care then in the afternoons and um, anyway so that is a normal a normal week for me usually Saturday is a big visitation day we're in several villages and then on Sundays, we actually have services in one village. And so I'll start at 8 o'clock, pick up my team, and we'll go to our village service. And then we come back and have a second service in Bangerville. Then we also have an evening service. So three to four days, depending on the week, we're in the villages doing follow-up um, visits, what you think of a missionary doing. I've got a day that I'm at my house doing medical care, then another day for organizations. So anyway, but God has been really good. Uh, just to share with you all just some goals. I mean, really, I mean, my goal in my heart, I, I like to say that I'm really, I'm a, I'm a missionary that just happens to be a nurse practitioner. I mean, missions is my heart. It's my, that's my, that's my zeal. And so really, I mean, my goal is to just further the gospel, to do all that I can do to extend the gospel. And if you were to go with me to our villages, I, I could tell you we've been here and here, but we haven't been down the road to these villages over here. And there's just something in your heart as a missionary that wants to bring the gospel a little bit further, that just burns in you to go further. And so uh, this is last Last term, we were we were on two new fields, Bonua and Tonda. We have two new fields scheduled for this next year. I'll be going back at, on March fifteenth. So we have two. We have a team in July and another team in October to reach two new fields, and then we have another one planned for two thousand twenty-five. And so uh, we need a lot of wisdom. Y'all pray for us because pastors. There's a lot of people wanting us to come. And we just want to be where God wants us to be, to be where he wants us. So um, pray for that. And also, we, a second goal is to see a church started, a church actually started in our villages. So we've been praying since the beginning for the Lord to send us a pastor, a missionary, uh, that would have our, our same goal, to reach our villages with the gospel. And we just had a, a young couple that arrived as new missionaries in August. And their goal is to start a church in Anna, which was the first village that opened. So that's a thrill to finally see that the Lord provided. We were able to buy just a prime piece of property this last year. So that's exciting. Our The villagers from that village, they can get to our city church, our Bangeville church, on a Sunday morning. But it's like a, a four to five hour commitment for them to come to church. And so they're really excited about having their own church this term. But and then I also wanted to ask you all just to really pray for me. Uh, you go into these villages, and they, they can be dark, but that's right where the light of the gospel can really shine. Um, but please keep praying that God will put just a hedge of protection around me, uh, that he'll give us wisdom. I remember one time we were going to a new village, and a lot of times there's there's just things you can't anticipate when you go to new villages. And and one time, I remember the key to my vehicle broke in, my, in the ignition. <laughs> And so what do you do? God gives you grace and strength to get pliers out. We were still going to go get pliers out, still turn the key. But that's because people like you all are holding us up, are praying for us. 
And, and also, I go to churches, people oftentimes ask about my needs, and I'm just so grateful for that. Um, I think just thinking, though, the last few months, I, I, my main need right now is for another medical missionary. So I'm the only one, and so I'm just really praying for the Lord to provide another missionary. I think the Lord is going to answer that, and so I just have peace to answer that in his timing. Um, but when, when you all pray for us, just know that that's just the help we need. It, people will say, well, Christine, I'm praying for you. I've been praying for you. And those words are always so sweet. We never get tired of hearing those words. So thank you so much for praying for me. Because missions is not just about us as missionaries. It's about you all, about your heart, hearts for the Lord. And I just have really felt your kindness poured out to me today. So I just want to thank you all so much. So now we'll go ahead and show the, share the video. And that'll show a little bit more about the presentations. Thanks. Access to the gospel. It is what we have. Christ.
guess what I love about Medical Missions is that it is like a magnet. You go with your team to a new location with your medical supplies and a heart to share Christ. You arrive and people come, dozens and dozens with medical needs, but what thrills your heart is that you know that they are going to hear about Christ. Each patient hears the gospel both through open-air preaching and a one-on-one -on -one gospel presentation. And without an exception, people get saved. We have a real desire to see people restored and healed, both physically and spiritually. When people come to us, they are seeking health and hope because what they've tried before has not worked. We try to follow Christ's example by treating people with care and compassion. We know that it is God who heals. God uses us only as instruments to take care of the sick, pray, and share the gospel with our neighbors. We give teaching on healthy eating, and we pray that they will accept the bread of life. While explaining clean water consumption, our hearts long to see the day that our people will drink from the living water. As we treat infectious diseases, such as malaria and typhoid fever, it is our prayer that they will turn to the great physician for spiritual healing. Through the years, the Lord has blessed, and we've seen that medical missions is amazingly effective, specifically in reaching the animistic people groups that we have throughout Ivory Coast. All of this has been possible because of your prayers and giving. Words cannot express how thrilled I am to partner with you all. Thank you for praying and giving so sacrificially to reach souls with the gospel. We have a great need for church planters. We pray toward the day when churches will be started in cities and villages all across Ivory Coast. We also have a need for individuals who can act as French translators and those with medical training to join us on access teams. Access goes across mountains and rivers to reach the unreached, to bandage their wounds and bring them to Christ. Many, many people still wait today. Someone must go to them. Robert Moffat said, I have seen at different times the smoke of a thousand villages, villages whose people are without Christ, without God, and without hope in the world. That's access. It's what Christ accomplished on the cross, not just for us, but for all people, in every place and in every tribe. Access to the gospel through medical care. you all thought of during the presentation or during the video um, I'll be here all day too so if anyone has a question yes yes sir what's the craziest thing I've seen is I've maybe the things I've had to eat <laughs> people ask about that so I've had to eat snake, snake. Snake actually was very good. It was very bony. You can imagine with the long vertebrae. Um, had to eat rat. So maybe probably things that, you know, God has not put me in any hard situations, to tell you the truth. I have had, um, well, I've had, I've had two poisonous snakes in my yard. Um, but I had people come and kill those. 
Um, but people will ask, well, have you ever been in contact with a witch doctor, animism, things like that? And you know what's interesting is that I really haven't. And, and what it is is that our nationals have so protected me. Like they know those things exist, and they kind of put a wall between their missionaries and that. And so I've never had that contact, just grateful for that. So they, they do really care for you when you go to help them as missionaries. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that's a good question. I didn't mention in Ivory Coast, we do see a lot of death. I mean, the age expectancy is only mid-50s. And a lot of that has to do with malaria, especially the age zero to five, that age group especially, because malaria causes anemia. And there's not blood banks. And that, that is true. The hospitals there don't actually have blood banks. What they do is they have blood bank centers where, um, where a patient receives a prescription that they need blood, and the family has to actually go and wait in line to get blood. And they, there's a shortage. I mean, we, we see people die because they haven't gotten blood in time. And it's hard because as an American, you think this really shouldn't have to happen. Um, and so is there a way we could set that up that that's – that, that, that it would be complex. I mean, if the Lord did provide the resources for that, um, you'd think about the testing for blood, too. They would have to go into testing the blood and things like that. So I think we're open to that. It would, it would, it would, it would be very helpful. We would just need the resources of people to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Sure, how did COVID affect us? Honestly, God was really good, for, good to us as far as COVID. So we, we did have to do hand washing. We had a hand washing station at church, and that's good anyway to wash your hands a lot in Africa. But we, we didn't have a lot of cases. There were cases, COVID cases. I don't know of any severe cases or deaths in our area. Um, so what's interesting, though, is that we know that 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 we do know that the the, the parasite that causes malaria is 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 similar to the organism that causes cause COVID, the COVID virus. Very interesting, and so because we know one of the treatments was a malaria treatment, that the hydrochloroquine that was prescribed, that's that's a treatment for malaria, and so we feel that our people had a resistance since they have a resistance to malaria. And it's a similar organism. We feel like they had a resistance to COVID. So that's kind of God's grace. God's grace, knowing that, that they really didn't have the resources to even cope with COVID. And so there, there, there really wasn't a lot of cases. Where, where, where we really saw, where it affected us and our ministries, that was, was our visitors. Because we still had the teams come. But we had to do a lot of testing, both to come and also to leave the country. And so we're thankful those regulations are gone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, that's a great question. What, what, what are the religious backgrounds? So you can really divide the country, Ivory Coast, north and south. The south is, is predominantly Catholic. The, the French brought in Catholicism, very Catholic. But as you're working towards the north, we're working toward the Sahara Desert because we're in West Africa. So the, those tribal groups are predominantly Islam. They're Islam. And so... Um, 
but, but what even Africans will tell you, whether they're Catholic or Islamic, 95% of them believe and practice animism and witchcraft. And I used to wonder how that works because we're close to the capital. And how do you have business people, business people who are maybe educators working in government, how are they practicing um, witchcraft? And what it is, it's like our holidays where we, we might go home for Christmas. They'll go back to their villages for holidays, and that's when they practice animism. And Animism, people ask, well, what is animism? And you think of animism, it kind of has that root word animate. You think of animation, like cartoon animation. So basically, it's, give, it's giving human characteristics to, it, to objects, to a river, to, to plants, to trees, and even to wildlife. And so they'll worship a river because they fish in the rivers. And so there's one tribal group that throws a goat into the river every Monday to worship that river. And so Basically, and there's a lot of spirit worship. They also worship their ancestors, things like that. And so, um, but how to reach them? That's a great question, how to reach them. Really, um, with, the, with the Catholics, they just need the truth. And so a lot of it is tradition. I mean, they'll say that the, um, they, they're born with, the people groups are born with their religion and their occupation in their pocket. And so they, those are bloodlines. And bloodlines in Africa are very very important, very respected, because we know that the chief is passed down through bloodlines, and so they're hesitant to change. If they, I've had them tell me, Christine, I was born Catholic. I was born Catholic. I was born into this tribal group. It's a Catholic tribal group, and everything in you as a missionary is saying, well, you don't have to stay that way, and so really it is, is building relationship, continuing in visits, and showing them through the word that that, what the truth is. Um, with a, with a, with a, it's interesting to what what it's interesting because you go as a missionary you think you can share the gospel how you do in the U.S. so you learn the Romans road the verses from John things like that Um, but but you learn you have to share the gospel in their heart language and so learning that like for instance if they feel like they're born into a religion what what really touches them is the verse from John 8 that says the truth shall set you free sharing that with them the truth shall set you free that they don't have to live in this bondage to animism and witchcraft opens doors and then also with muslims it's really love because we know there's no love in islam and so it's reaching especially through medical care that opens a lot of doors with the muslims having them come for medical care so mm-hmm. yes is there a lot of crime there? There is, unfortunately, especially stealing, especially stealing. And we are more at risk because we're white. That They just assume we have more money, which they're probably right, than them. And so, and so anyway, whenever you walk around like my neighborhood, you don't see houses, you see walls. There's high 20-foot walls around all the houses for security. And also there's iron, like metal iron bars on all of our windows, on all of our doors. security and and thankfully I've never had a problem but I do have night guards I have German shepherds and so I feel like if you have all that you're not gonna have a problem so but there is especially stealing is is a major crime there Mm -hmm. Wow thank you the great questions Wow well I'll be here all day if y'all think of any more questions thank you Mm Thank you so much, Miss Christine. She she is um, um, great at what she does there as a, as a missionary. But she's just a just a kind person to talk to. And uh, if you have any questions, 
uh, don't hesitate to ask her and uh, she'll answer any questions that she that uh, that she might have and uh, if she can she will and um, appreciate her <clears throat> selflessness as she continues to serve the Lord <clears throat> she is just one example of what we do through faith promise missions here at our church now, I know different churches do different things um, and um, <clears throat> today I, I told her, I said, we want this morning focus, well, obviously we always want our focus to be on, on Christ, um, but we want your ministry be be the focus. That's why I wanted her to, to get questions if you had any questions. Um, and um, why? Because really, and we, unfortunately for you, I can't see the time on the clock. Um, but, uh, you, uh, not, not that I paid attention to it when I saw it before. Um, but, uh, uh over in second Corinthians, uh, I'm, I just, I just want to share, uh, one thing with you. And, um, when it comes to, uh, faith promise, so <clears throat> we know, and you've heard it said, you've probably said it yourself, uh, uh, multiple, uh, occasions. So God's last command ought to be our first concern, right? God's last command. What's God's last command before he left this earth? He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So what does that, what does that mean? It means more than just your neighbor. It means more than uh, just the person in our, in our county or even in our state or even in the United States. So, so often um, what we have uh, is, is, and it's, I don't think it's on purpose, and I don't think uh, it's, it's always a negative thing, but we have tunnel vision, right? So we think, so often, even if we don't say it, we think, uh, when we think about the world, we think of the United States of America, you know, like we're the whole world. I mean, we're only one country, and there is continents and, and countries all over uh, the world, and many of them, you know, and I know, we are spoiled rotten in America. I mean, now I know there are, there are people in America that need the gospel. Don't misunderstand me. If I didn't think that, I wouldn't be pastoring a church in America. I'm just telling you, we have so many opportunities to hear the gospel. Uh, we have so many opportunities to go and, 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 <clears throat> and buy a Bible or to you know, pull up an app and, and listen uh, uh, to a Bible or, or walk into a church. If you're driving <clears throat> anywhere, I don't care. I don't care if it's urban or if it's, if, it's, if it's country. I don't care where it is. You're driving anywhere, especially down south, count how many churches you pass. Literally, count. I mean, I, you can be out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. You're going to find two things. Dollar General and churches. I'm telling you, you can absolutely be, like, you can be completely lost going, where in the world am I? And boom, there's a Dollar General. And then boom, there's the first Baptist church, and then across the street is the second Baptist church. And sometimes there's the third Baptist church because they're all mad at each other and they all started a different church. We have opportunities everywhere to go to church. Now, I know 
that many of them are different. I get it. I, I get that. And, and, and you go to different places uh, in, in our country, and it is a little bit more sparse, right? Uh, you go up, uh, uh, you know, up north, you go out west, you know, that's not as prevalent as it is in, in the south. But the point is, <clears throat> there, are, there are people groups around the world that have never even heard the name Jesus. Now, just saying that, I want to I call myself a liar. I want to say, that's not true. But it is true. There are places uh, uh, and people groups that have never heard a presentation of the gospel. There are people groups that people aren't even, and, and, and you attested to it uh, this morning, uh, about how Lord really opened up a door to this really closed group of people uh, that uh, Lord opened up the door so that they were able to get in to these people. Well, there's a lot of places where the people are not welcome to come in. And, um, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, I, I, and really verses 1 through 24, we don't have time uh, this morning to read all those verses, but uh, I, want, I want you to see this <clears throat> in, in verse number 1. I'm talking about um, uh, this, this uh, Macedonian example, uh, this example of this Macedonian church. He says in verse number one, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of of the liberality. Now, when you read that verse, you think to yourself, what? That doesn't even make walking around sense. How in the world? I mean, logically, right? It doesn't even, how, how, they're, they were huge givers, but they didn't have anything. They took joy in their afflictions. I don't know about you. I can't remember a time where I woke up and thought, boy, I am so excited about the afflictions I'm going to face today. Right? I mean, we're not real excited about that. We want to, to we want whatever's going on with us, we want it fixed. I, I told, uh, I told uh, one of the nurse practitioners uh, at the eye place, I said, I tell you one of our problems, this is one of our problems. We come to the doctor. Listen, I'm coming to you. I'm paying you to fix me. If I pay you, your job is to fix me. Not a month from now, I want it done before I leave the office. Are we like that? We are like that, aren't we? I mean, we want it done, and we want it done right now. And we miss so much. We miss so much joy. Let me give you, let me give you a twofold. Ready? Now listen, this is, a, this is a month's worth of sermons in about five minutes, okay? Twofold uh, 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 way of, of faith promise missions. Ready? Here it is. It's real simple. Going and giving. Going and giving. Mark 16, the Bible says to, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What are you? Do you know, do you know that command was given to the church? 
Do you know that church has nothing to do with the brick and mortar? Has nothing to do with the carpet and the pews? The church are the people. By the way, the command wasn't just given to the preacher of the church. It wasn't just given to the leaders of the church. It wasn't just given to a handful of missionaries to go out into the world. It was given to the church. It was given to the people. What are you doing to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? What are you doing to reach your neighbor? What are you doing? Now, preacher, I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm, I'm for you going. I'm for you telling. I'm for you knocking on doors. I'm for you going to my neighbor. But what are you doing is the question. What are we doing uh, as a church? What are we doing as a people to reach people with the gospel? There's lots of needs. Did you ever, you ever notice that in the world? There's lots of needs. People have lots of needs. Let me tell you the number one need is. Their number one need is Christ. That's their number one need. What does it matter if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? What does it matter if you have everything this world can give you? Because I can tell you, everything this world can give you will never bring you joy. How in the world do you think that the churches at Macedonia, in their affliction, had the joy of the Lord? I mean, it, they don't go together, right? Uh, why? Because uh, no, matter, no matter if we're on the mountaintop or we're in the valley or somewhere in between, listen, God gives us uh, the joy that we need no matter what we're facing. You ever have a song come on? I mean, you're going through something, a song comes on, or you're listening to a podcast, or, uh, or reading your Bible, and, and boy, just something just hits you just right. Uh, I went up and made a visit. <clears throat> the other day to the hospital, and and uh, <clears throat> Brother Brower called me and asked me if I'd go visit <clears throat> one of his members. His mom was not doing good, and he was having a procedure, and so I said, I'd be glad to go see him, and I got to talk with them and and uh, and have prayer with them, and and uh, and their mom wasn't doing good, and, and uh, we started talking about peace and joy, and love, and all the things that we enjoy in our lives. And boy, <clears throat> you know, iron sharpens iron. And we got to, I got to encourage them a little bit. And they encouraged me a little bit. And we just got to talk. You know, <clears throat> the next day, th their mom went out into eternity, passed away. What a joy it was to be able to have a small part in being a blessing and a help to somebody else. By nature, we are a selfish people. We can think about just me. We just think about ourselves. We think about what our needs are. We think about, but I'm telling you, it's easy to do. And we miss the joy of the Lord. Because we're to go. The Bible talks about the apostles going. The Bible talks about Paul going. The Bible talks about Jesus going. And what are they doing? They're going. You know, the Bible talks about, you know what the Bible says about James? James 1, 22, you remember the verse? He said, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. 
Well, we listen and listen and listen and listen, but what are you doing with what you've just heard? You ever want to you ever want to shake your kids when they were little? Yeah, we're, I, I, I heard you, Dad, but you're not doing it. Forget when they're little. I mean, when they get grown. But I, you, you've already told me that. Yeah, but I'm going to continue to tell, tell you that because you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. Telling you to, can you imagine? Now, I know God doesn't get frustrated, right? But can you imagine if we were God and we were up in heaven telling you, okay, this is what I need you to do? And you, we, we're listening, we're hearing, but we're doing nothing. Boy, you know how frustrating that would be? We do know how frustrating that is, don't we? Well, what, why? Because God, the Bible says that we need to go. And then the Bible says that we need to give. You know, God, listen, watch this, you ready? God loveth a cheerful giver. I mean, excited about giving. You know, a lot of times we'll give. I mean, we just. I mean, we, we, we really, really, really don't want to give tonight. I've got a presentation to one of the Gideons. I, I, I'm so excited. I was able to find. You know those. You know the old Gideon Bibles that they would put in the put in the drawers and put in the put in the um, motels and different things like that. They're just old, I don't mean to say cheap, but less, you know, inexpensive Bibles. I actually found somebody that rebound an old Gideon Bible from the 1970s. Gorgeous. I mean, wrap around hubs, goatskin leather, calves. I mean, it is gorgeous. Going to present it to one of the Gideons uh this uh this evening and uh i i texted the guy back and forth and i told him what i was what i was doing and i said there's only one problem i found with the bible he was like oh man he's texting back and forth i said i gotta give it away so i'm gonna be like this with the bible here you go no no really take it take now what we do sometimes with our giving, right? I mean, we get, you know, but God said, I, you know what I love? I love a cheerful giver. When the, when the plate gets passed, we get excited. It's time to give. When the kids collect up the money, boy, we get excited. You know how many people in our church, you know, sometimes I'll forget. You know, that's a shocker, right? Sometimes I'll forget. And they'll say, you know, today is supposed to be, we're supposed to be taking up the change. I brought, I brought my money. I brought my change. And they're excited to be able to give. Do you know we all ought to be excited about being able to give to missions? Give that others might go. Give that we might have a part in their ministries. Give so that we can hear stories of people that are being saved uh, all, all across the world. What a privilege that is for us to be able to be a part of. And by the way, it's not just giving, it's investing. You know, you're investing in eternity. You know, you can invest in a 401k, and that's a good idea. You can invest in retirement. It's a great idea, right? But you realize you could keel over dead before you see one penny of that money. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just telling you. You, you could die. And you know what's going to be left for? Your kids to fight over. Oh, my kids won't fight. Oh, are you so delusional? 
If it's enough money, and by the way, if it's 50 cents, they're going to fight over who's going to get what quarter, you know, how you're going to split it up. And I would tell you something. Investing in people being saved, you get to take that with you, right? I mean, that's, that's something you get to go to heaven with. That's something that you get to see people that you've never met before. Do you know that they're going to be, are they called Ivorians? Ivorians, okay. Uh, there are going to be Ivorians that are there uh, in heaven you've never met. But because you gave to Faith Promise Missions, and, and we were able to have a, a part uh, in, in, uh, in Christine's ministry, we, we get to be a part of that. You know how exciting that's going to be? Do you know what kind of joy that's going to bring? It should bring you joy before you ever get there. It should bring you joy even right now, that I get the opportunity to be a blessing, that I can take this money. How many of us know this for a fact? <laughs> Go to the store. Go to the store with a $100 bill. You'd be lucky to get change. Just buy a few things. I mean, you'd be lucky. Go to the gas station. Put gas in your car. $100 bill, you'll be lucky. I mean, you'll be lucky to get change. I mean, it, it things just keep going up and up and up. Money doesn't go as far as it used to, does it? I remember, and some of you remember far, far further back than I do, but I remember growing up, the, the 99-cent wars for gas. Boy, one, one gas station would do 98 cents, and one gas station would do uh, 99 cents, and one gas station would do... Yeah, I know, some of y'all, oh, I remember when it was a nickel, whatever. But I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about, right? Things have gone up. Money doesn't go like it used to. But man, to be able to take that money and invest it, invest it in the future of young people being saved, invest it in the future of churches being planted... Invest it in people that can go to the foreign field when you can't and can see people saved and see lives changed. That's why we give to Faith Promise. This is why we give to Faith Promise. To hear these reports of people being saved and lives being changed. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you yourself are not saved. <clears throat> You've never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this much? As Christine there in Ivory Coast and as others around the world are doing, they're sharing the same gospel that we share right here today. Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and he rose again the third day so that you could have life and that you could have it more abundantly. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now. I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I pray for you. Is there one? I'm not sure about it, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. What a privilege it is to be saved, but what a responsibility it is to know Christ as our Savior. Let's get busy about our Father's business. Let's stand together. Head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. 
uh, I want to invite you to come this morning. Uh, maybe you need to come and, and pray about something specific. Maybe to come and make a decision. Whatever you need to do, whatever God lays on your heart. If God's laid it on your heart, then you come this morning. Another verse, if you need to come, don't wait, don't hesitate, don't put it off. If you need to come, you come. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. Don't forget, be back uh, this evening and uh, 6 o'clock for prayer, 6.30 tonight for the evening service. Uh, we're going to have a couple Gideons with us, uh, and they're going to have the whole service. Uh, they're going to share some um, uh, testimonies, some things about uh, the Gideons that um, you may or may not be familiar with, and uh, they're going to have the whole service tonight. So I hope you'll be able to be back and in your place for that. And um, if you have uh, uh, more questions or you just like to talk uh, to uh, Miss Christine, she'll be here uh, with us uh, in the services as well. And she'll be glad to um, uh, be able to uh, talk to you or uh, answer any questions uh, that you might have. She's got a table there in the back. Matter of fact, I'm going to have her go back there. And uh, if you got any questions uh, this morning uh, as you head out, uh, she does have some um, prayer cards uh, back there and um, just